Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're almost buying for the next guy. Um, you need two over spells, three over spells, keeping it tight, building that pressure. You can't, you don't really have time to set, set a batter up. Um, you're sort of setting him up for the next guy, and they're doing the same thing for the next guy after that. So um, from this end, obviously the quicks rotated nicely, and, and Gazza went to work and picked up a real couple of crucial wickets. Well, that was Australian quick Josh Hazelwood talking to ABC Radio after the third day's play of the second test versus the West Indies at a very hot and humid Gabba. I'm Menes. You're listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm wrapping up day three of the test. And yes, it was hot and humid at the Gabba and Australia managed to claw their way in front. The West Indies started the day one for 13, 35 ahead. They were bowled out, leaving Australia needing 216 for the win. And at the end of play, Australia were two for 60, needing 156 more runs to win the match. And uh, rain is forecast for tomorrow. So hopefully um, the storm uh, misses the gabba and we, we get a, a lot of action and maybe a thrilling run chase. So as I said at the top of the show, it was hot and humid at the Gabba, and I heard this strange debate on ABC Radio all day. They were they were discussing the tactic by the Australian team of after a bowler had bowled their spells because because it was so hot, the quicks were only bowl, bowling two or three over spells. Then they were going off and getting changed, having a drink of water, and coming back out. And the ABC radio team were wondering whether this was in the spirit of the game. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit of a, that's a bit of a joke to call that. I mean, that's well within the rules of the game and certainly within the spirit of the game. It was, as I said, over 30 degrees, 90% humidity. The sweat was pouring off the players. Even when Steve Smith was batting tonight, he was absolutely covered in sweat. So, look, with the importance of hydration and, and people's health, of course, there's, there's no debate whether that's within the spirit of the game. Uh, bowlers going off for a few minutes. All right, let's get into the action. Uh, so as I said, the West Indies were 35 ahead when they started the day with nine wickets in hand. And they added 50 runs for the second wicket. So the score was two for 63, the lead up, around, up, up at 85. And you're thinking the West Indies might be able to score, score a big score here and, and um, amount a massive lead but Brathwaite pushed Green to mid off he was the first to go the West Indies skipper that made it two for 63 then Kirk McKenzie was out uh, LBW to Nathan Lyon um, after making a nice 41 playing across the line and at that stage the score was three for 86 
And then just before lunch, things started to go a bit off for the Aussies. Um, Hodge was dropped on eight off green by Smith. He dived across um, one-handed and, and missed, a ca- missed a catch. And then there was a little bit of sloppy fielding from Australia. Mitch Marsh noticeably misfielded a ball and then just trotted after it. And the West Indies were able to get three, and Nathan Lyon wasn't happy the bowler. So at lunch, the West Indies were three for 111, and they'd only lost two wickets in the first session. They were leading by 133. And at this stage, you're thinking the West Indies could set Australia maybe 250-300 and and make it a really interesting fourth innings. And, you know, the Aussies hadn't quite looked on top of their game. But then after lunch, Athanasi was out caught uh, by Smith um, off line, for, and that made the score four for 123. Good catch by Smith, taking it low to the ground. He was out for 35, and, and that was really the story of the day for the West Indies. Lots of starts, Mackenzie 41, Athanasi 35. And then probably the turning point of the day was when the West Indies were four for 148, and Hodge was at the crease. And he was out there with Graves, and they were looking good. And the lead was at 170, so six wickets in hand, lead already 170. Again, good position for the West Indies. But then Hodge just turned one to short leg off Nathan Lyon, and Travis Head flicked the ball quickly back at the stumps, and Hodge, who was out of his crease playing the shot, was out, run out. And poor Hodge, he was a bit unlucky because he went to slide his bat and it did bounce up. So when the ball hit the stumps, his bat was in the air. So um, that really started a bit of a slide. Then uh, Green dismissed, um, sorry, Green took a very good catch off to Silva. Um, he was out for seven, a juggling catch by Green. He almost dropped it. And then next wicket, uh, Graves was out to Alex Carey, who he juggled one again off Hazelwood. Carey almost spilt it. So Green and Kerry doing a bit of a double juggling act there. And so the West Indies, um, you know, just fell away completely, losing their last uh, seven wickets. Well, they lost their last six wickets for 70 runs, but then their last wicket um, was actually retired out. Shamar Joseph, the quick, the number 11, he was hit flush on the toe by a Mitchell Stark Yorker and he couldn't continue. So the West Indies had effectively lost seven for 70 either side of the tea break and capitulated, setting the Aussies only 216. And and it was a double blow. Um, like Stark didn't get the wicket, but um, Shamar Joseph wasn't able to bowl when the West Indies came out later on. And He's been taken off to hospital, and there's some doubt whether um, Shamar Joseph will be able to bowl at all in the rest of this test match. So, you know, it was a searing blow from Stark onto Joseph's uh, flush on his toe. Um, so, yeah, that, that that wasn't good for the West Indies. So they were all out for 193. I must mention... Um, Steve Smith took a great catch off Alsari Joseph off the bowling of Josh Hazelwood, jumped high in the air and just got it in his fingertips. And it was a good comeback for Smith. He dropped a couple this season um, and a couple in this game and then, you know, took two good catches um, as the innings went on. So the Australian bowling figures, um, 
Stark, one for 45. Josh Hazelwood, probably the pick of the bowlers, 14 overs, three for 23. Cummins, wicketless. You don't see that very often. 12 overs, none for 39. Cameron Green, who um, bowled very well, 10 overs, one for 37. And Nathan Lyon, 22 overs, two for 42. Got a couple of crucial wickets there, getting McKenzie and Athanasi when Australia was really struggling. And, you know, Lyon's just so vital on these really hot, humid days where it's a real struggle for the fast bowlers. If you've got someone like a Lyon who can just hold up an end and bowl um, a lot of overs, it can allow Cummins to just rotate the quicks from one end in short spells and, and keep the pressure on. So... That's it, Australia, 216 to win. As I said, that run out from head, the turning point, the West Indies going from four for 123 to all out 193. So that ended the Australian test bowling summer because, um, you know, all 10 innings now have been bowled by the Australian quicks. And interesting reading, Josh Hazelwood was the leading wicket taker for the Australian fast for the whole Australian bowling group. He took 25 wickets this summer at an average of 14.4 with a best bowling of 5 for 35. Terrific stuff from him. Strike rate of 35.3, even better. Well, the best strike rate of all the bowlers. So most wickets, best strike rate, lowest average. That is one hell of a summer for Josh Hazelwood. Second, Pat Cummins with 24 wickets, one one behind him. An average of 17, strike rate of 36.5. He took those three five-wicket hall, five hauls in the middle of the summer, Boxing Day, into Sydney. But then Hazelwood came home with a wet sail. Uh, Nathan Lyon, 21 wickets at 24. And Mitchell Stark, 20 wickets at 26. So what a magnificent bowling quartet that is. All four of them were between 25 and 20 wickets. So between them, they dominated the test summer there was not I wouldn't I mean Hazelwood leads the way here with 25 but you know Stark at the bottom 20 as I said just such a great great bowling unit so complimentary of each other Uh, Green got two wickets Head got two wickets Mitch Marsh got two wickets but yeah the real story I guess is Josh Hazelwood just the the, the quiet one, the one that sort of goes about it with the minimum amount of a fuss. I mean, you've got Cummins on the front and back pages of all the papers. You've got Stark with those, you know, flashy big Yorkers and, you know, that left arm quick. Um, but then, you know, Hazelwood with 25 wickets, the, the, McGrath, the McGrath-like metronome gets it done. So that left straight 216 to win, and there was about 88 minutes um, until the end of play on day three. So a tricky little session for Australia, under lights with an untested top order. And the only issue for the West Indies was no Shamar Joseph. So Australia went out, and they lost their first wicket when the score was 24. Kawaja feathers one down leg side off Alshari Joseph, and he was out for 10. Australia was one for 24. And then Marnus came out, and he was caught at second slip um, by Sinclair off the bowling of Graves, and that left Australia two for 42. Um, And completed a pretty 
middling summer for Marnus Labuschagne, under 300 runs, averaging about 28 with no centuries. Yeah, very middling test summer for Marnus. So he'd want to score some runs in New Zealand, I think. And yeah, no, I'm not questioning his spot in the side or anything yet. He's still still averaging over 50 at test level, but certainly not the summer he would have been hoping for. So that left Australia two for 42, and it did bring Cameron Green out to the crease for a a nervous little period, and he, he could have been out a few times. He There was a big appeal, and the West Indies referred it, but it was going over the top. He edged a couple short of slip. He was prodding at a few outside off stump. Um, he eventually got through to stumps. And, and at the other end, Steve Smith, the experimental opener, I say in inverted commas, looked fantastic. He's 33 not out with five boundaries of 56 balls. And he, he looked to be a lot stiller at the crease than he was in the first innings. So a real big chance for him to make a big score tomorrow. But yeah, Cameron Green just looked a bit nervous. My issue with Cameron Green is, and I've seen this at shield level, until he gets his feet moving, he can just sort of prod on that front foot and just play at balls just outside off stump. And he, you know, he couldn't sort of give catching practice to the slips or the wicket keeper. So it's something for him to work on. He did look nervous. He did look a bit leaden-footed. Uh, but maybe he can get, you know, getting through those stumps and coming out tomorrow. He can be a bit positive and maybe um, he's got a real opportunity to, to get a decent score at number four for the first time. So, yeah, tantalising finish to this Test Summer setup. You would imagine Australia will get the other 156 runs to win, but, boy, if the West Indies can take a couple of wickets early on, it could send tremors down this Australian batting lineup, and we could have a real thriller to end the summer. It's And it's been a, a fantastic summer of cricket, and the West Indies have certainly punched above their weight. So you never know, but I'm tipping Australia to get it done if the rain stays away. I guess the, the one positive about the weather is it is only um, day four tomorrow, so there's still two full days of play available to get a result. So if the rain does come in, hopefully it clears and they can play on the fifth day. So that's the end of my wrap from day three at the Gabba. Australia clawed their way back. It was a scrappy performance from the West Indies in in difficult conditions, but they managed to set Australia a tricky little target of 216. And now it's just to wait and see whether Australia can get the job done and achieve a whitewash in the tests this summer. They... Uh, there's a good article by Tom Deason I want to talk about in the wrap of the Test Summer. But, um, you know, Australia haven't uh, whitewashed a summer for a, a little while. I think the last one was 17-18 when England were out here. So that's a while ago since Australia did it. So they've got a great chance to do it um, in this Test match. I hope they do it. Uh, you've been listening to the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. I'm Menners. It'd be great if you could rate and review the show on whatever app you listen to the podcast on. Flick us a review. Send us in some listener questions. I'd love to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, I'll be back to wrap up the test when the result um, is known. And uh, I think I'll have Gav with me because it won't be too late for him. This is a Piccolo Podcast production. Sports Social Podcast Network.